I'm Raina. And I'm Megan. Welcome to the Shh Don't Talk About It podcast, where we talk about all the things we need to say out loud, but think that we can't. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to shed light on them. We're going to embrace them. And we're going to fucking love them. So join us on this journey as we get rid of shame and start talking about it. Welcome to season three, episode four, how to win friends. Tonight we're talking about friendship. We are so excited to get into it, but what do we do first, Raina? Oh, well, you know, before we get into any episode, we crack our claws, baby. (laughs) Cheers, girl. Cheers. And tonight we are, this week we are talking about friends and friendship, and we're really excited to be joined by our friend, Anne. So Anne, cheers. Welcome hey, to the podcast. Cheers. cheers. Okay, Welcome. so obviously I'm not a pro at this because I already cracked my claw. That's okay. It's okay. It happens. Okay. Oh man. Okay. Thanks guys. There were a lot of premature craw clack cracks. I can't talk tonight that happened in the early days for us too, so don't yeah. feel bad. Okay, yeah. But welcome, we're so excited to have you here. Yeah, thank um, you. Why don't you tell the people a little bit about who you are, um, what you do, and why you wanted to join us for this topic? Because actually, you DM'd us this topic, it was your idea. Yeah. And then we were like, oh my God, come on the podcast to talk to us about it. Yeah, yeah. I am an instructional designer, Um, So that means I help organizations make complicated things really simple, but sometimes I think I also make simple things really complicated in my own Mm -hmm. life. (laughs) I like analyzing particularly social experiences Mm -hmm. and interpreting them in a way so that they make more sense to me. So much of the way that we interact with people is just completely bizarre when you break it down, particularly in a visual format. So one of my hobbies is to take social interactions and put them into a graphical format. And I do a lot of that, analyzing friendships and relationships. Uh-huh. Yeah, and makes, um, at the end of the episode, we'll um, make sure that everyone knows where to find you on social media, because I have to give a shout out to the charts that Anne makes that visualize in chart form like the existential pain of dating and trying to relate to other people and trying to have friends in the modern world. And they're really, really, really good. Yeah. And they're easy to understand. They're just pretty, they're That's simple. The yeah. <laughs> they're just like, um, X and Y axis, right. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> A charting graphing system. Yeah. So I find that when I take something that I'm like really mulling over and like, Oh, why is this so complicated? And I just assume, oh, I can't understand this concept. Like, I can't understand why this happens on first dates, or I can't understand why this is so complicated. And then I share it online. So many other people are like, oh my God, I'm having the exact same mm-hmm. thing. So I think it's an opportunity really for solidarity with people, mm-hmm. just sharing those experiences publicly. Yeah. And I mean, I think a podcast is kind of a similar thing that you guys are doing. You're debunking stuff that people are otherwise feeling like they can't talk about and they're ashamed about. Mm -hmm. Like, let's get that shit out in the open. Yeah. Yeah. Let's fucking do it. Ah, We're doing it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, so like we said tonight, we're talking about friendship and really um, talking about friendship in, I would say your thirties, maybe your late twenties, thirties into forties and how different and challenging it can be. But I'm actually curious to hear from you, Anne, because um, 
you reached, we posted something like to our Instagram following, what do you want us to talk about this season? And you came with this idea and Raina and I were both like, Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, like I deal with this issue constantly. all the time too. But like yeah. then you're like, don't wanna who do you talk to about it? Your friends. Your friends. <laughs> Your friends. Uh, yeah. 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 So Yeah, it is it is so tricky. And I guess I mean I've been thinking about it pretty explicitly in preparation for this episode. Um, and really analyzing like our friendship needs up until we're in our late 20s maybe even are so proximity based Mm -hmm. like we go out we find ourselves in friendships with people not very intentionally because Mm -hmm. they live down the hall Mm -hmm. or they ride the bus with us Mm -hmm. and then as we're making our way into our 30s and 40s and adulthood and we're moving away from those proximity-based relationships, we have to be really intentional about the friends that we're making because it's so hard to maintain friendships. Yeah, for sure. I can be, me being in my 40s now, oh my God, I'm fucking 41. Um, (laughs) As of last week. Um, Yeah, it's definitely hard to just... I don't know, like, yeah, maintain friendships. Like, we know that we have friends, you know, and they're around, but how do you, like, put in the work or, you know, make sure you have space and time and make time for people? Yeah. You know, we all have, like, these really busy lives and then how people, like, not, let's not get offended or take anything personal, like, you know. Um, but I feel like we all go through it. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's such an important topic because... We have these expectations of people. Well, oh, I guess I can just speak for myself. Uh, but then I'm like, wait, how am I showing up though? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so it is a good, like, to analyze it in all areas, you know? Yeah. So. And I think there's maybe something unique about female friendships too. I I can't speak for men, but, like, I, I don't observe my partner, like, putting the, the same amount of, like, angst into thinking about his friendships or worries like what Reina was just saying like yeah. how am I showing up how are they showing up are we connecting are we connecting emotionally are we connecting spiritually are they, yeah am I doing enough like I just see him sort of hanging out with his friends when he sees them vibing going home it seems like there is a lot of pressure this unique kind of pressure put on um female friendships in particular yeah yeah and I think you're so right too, Anne. Like, I, if I think about who I was friends with in my 20s, I'm actually really lucky, and we'll talk about this later with like maintaining friendships. I'm lucky to have friends who I made in my 20s through proximity relationships. We worked at the same store or we went to the same bars, and like shockingly, like a couple of people who I made friends with at bars I frequented in my 20s are still my best friends to this day. But most of the time, like most of the people I was around, I didn't like them. Like I actually even would call them my nighttime friends. And I was like, I know it's rude, Um, but it was like, we just get fucked up together. I was like, all of your friends are fucked up. Nighttime friends were people who I was friends with on MySpace, who I knew their first name, who we went to the same bar. But if you were a daytime friend, I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere. You know the one in the turquoise tube? 
So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. My weird rule was that I knew your first, middle, and last name, and we could we were able to hang out during the day not drunk and still vibe. Yeah. yeah and there weren't that many of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. Have you found that in your analytical mind? Of yeah. like between male and, I guess we can just break down between male and female friendships, or have you I haven't, yeah, seen I haven't, that at all yet? I haven't thought about that. I was, uh-huh. I've definitely thought about friendships, like the challenges of um, competing priorities, mm-hmm. and then really asking yourself, like, what are your priorities in your life right now, mm-hmm. and where does having fun and making friends fall in that? Mm-hmm. And I think that that falls a lot lower on the list for us than mm-hmm. it did when we were 25 years old. Oh, sure. Like, we're all trying to do capitalism so hard mm-hmm. right now that if your personal relationships don't contribute to that goal, do they, do you have room for it? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you're, you're trying to maintain a, a romantic relationship with a partner and pay your mortgage and get ahead and... I'm just afraid that friendship falls way down the list. Yeah, I can see that. I think, I think why it's so prevalent, like in your early twenties and stuff, is because of just our conditioning growing up and the popularity base. You know, being in schools and making friends, making friends, making friends. You know what I mean? And so, and then you carry that into your twenties, and you still have some of those friends from high school, and then people just start falling away. You know, as um, 
as they do, <laughs> you know, and then you, and then, um, so I don't know. I think that's, that's why for in your early twenties, um, friendship changes like dramatically. And then maybe as you get older and in your, into your career or you're, you're more focused on yourself and you're like, cause I think naturally as you get older, you do tend to focus more on yourself and have like your boundaries, like you feeling good about, I don't care what other people think and I don't need to prove myself right to anybody. You know, you kind of just grow out of that. Hopefully. I mean, that's like the, the goal at some point. Yeah. Um, and then, then I, I'm a big, big one as, uh, you're only as good as a company that you keep. Like mm -hmm. I always just kind of say that to myself and I do look at my friendships when I was in high school and in my early twenties and yeah, they were, you know, not very good people, you know, but I wasn't a good person back then either. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't, I mean, I was a good person, but you know, I did bad. No, I didn't do bad things. <laughs> we were lost. We were lost children. <laughs> They're not people that share your values today. Yeah. 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 There yeah. we go. <laughs> I was like, I didn't hurt anybody. Um, but you know, it's just kind of, you look around your group or your friends or your peers and you want them to align with your values and yeah. and your morals and all the things, you know what I mean? And as you get older, you feel like you can finally take a stand and be like, I don't need to be friends with you anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't have to. I don't have to. We don't have to go to the same bar anymore or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the same thing with the proximity. Proximity is like, I can choose not to do something or go somewhere and... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of thing. Well, and, and so many of us just like step into our own. I mean, for me, I felt like a, a really late bloomer. Mm -hmm. I was in my thirties before I really felt like I got into a group professionally and I felt really confident and popular and I felt like my values really shifted as mm -hmm. I stepped into my own confidence. So I was able to part ways with some relationships that really weren't serving me. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt like this guilt that I had to hang on to relationships that were really dragging me down that I wasn't really getting anything out of. Mm -hmm. So it, it took a while for me yeah. to really realize that. Yeah. And I think it's true for so many of us that it does take a while for you to be like, wait a second, like what kind of friend are you? You know what I mean? Like you want me to be unsuccessful and mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you're not cheering me on or whatnot, it just kind of becomes very crystal clear at some point, you know, of, of what are they adding to your life or taking away from your life? And you can say yes or no, you yeah. know, if you want to go with it or not. So you guys have had friendship breakups, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, I think I just walk away to be honest. <laughs> I, wanted those to be I just like fizzle into the background. Like, like, ghoster, like a friend ghoster. Oh my God. How do yeah. you do it? I, I'm trying to think if I, I have had, so I have had some friendship breakups. You know, what more happens for me is the like making of a friend and it's proximity based. So it's a really like close friendship while we're involved in the same thing. Um, and that, so when I was in grad school, for example, I made friends with, um, I became quite close my last year of grad school with um, two women who were in my advanced clinical class. And also with, um, uh, in grad school, I became close with a couple of people that were like at my internship site. And I still, like, I adore these people. I absolutely adore them. 
but I never see them. It is that it's that perpetual like, oh my god, I miss you. We should totally hang out every six months. Like, yeah, totally, we should. But there's never a like, cool. So I'll meet you for lunch on this day at this time. It's but there was a time. I'm thinking of one person in particular. Like my last um, quarter of grad school, I like slept at her apartment every weekend, like at least one weekend night, and we like would read each other's tarot cards and lay awake talking and it was like this really intense but very short-lived friendship and we didn't become not friends I still consider her a friend but I haven't seen her since the last day of grad school yeah because what we like what we had most in common is that we were experiencing the extreme pressure of grad school at the same time and we were both going through like really major relationship issues and shifts at the same time and then our needs changed and our proximity to each other changed. And so it, the intensity of the friendship and the maintenance of the friendship changed. But I want to consider that a breakup because yeah. I like, I want to text her and be like, we should totally get up sometimes. <laughs> we, but we won't. We won't ever. What's so. keeping that from happening? Like, it sounds like these are people you like. I think probably like energy level. Yeah. Um, COVID maybe energy level being in different places in life. Yeah. Um, it's that thing where you meet people who you super like and you do gel with, but it never goes to the next level. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, but I don't know why. Yeah. That's something that I've actually thought about. I actually did do a chart about like taking relationships to the next level. Mm -hmm. Friendship. Yeah. Yeah. And like, what are things that you can do when you're like, hey, I'd like to take this to the next level with you kind of thing without making it that creepy because that's terrifying. But why is that creepy? Because we do that when we're dating. But there's always like somebody who's more assertive, I feel like. Like, you know, people always say that extroverts are introverts or whatever. I needed an extrovert to pull me out of and like pull me out. You know what I mean? So it's like who is going to actually put in the effort and if you're like both just like not really doing it, I guess, you know... I, I, well, for me, I need somebody to, like, pull me out sometimes, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll be, like, besties at the bar, for sure. When you talk about proximity, we'll be friends that night, and we're fucking, like, besties. And then it's like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Um, but so I personally need somebody to, like, make sure it happens or be really, like, assertive and more, you know, like, that dominant person. Like, let's do it. We're doing this, you know? Yeah. Um, so maybe that is why some friendships don't pan out or whatnot. I don't know. Yeah. What What do you I think? Guess I I feel like like it's really easy to make acquaintances, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of house parties, so I just like invite seriously anybody within shouting distance mm-hmm. gets an invite. But to take it to that next level of like a one-on-one relationship, that's kind of a thing deal yeah right? it is a big deal like at this point in our lives to give one-on-one time to anybody is really huge so what was in the chart like what yeah. was in your what was in the chart of like escalating levels of emotional intimacy with friends yeah I think it was like hey do you want to get coffee and then it was like sharing each other's deodorant at the gym I mean it was like to the <laughs> yeah. but then there is a certain point like I I realized like I had a coworker and I think she might have asked to borrow a pair of underwear or something and I was like, oh wow, we're there. Like we need it. We're in. <laughs> we're friends now. So 
Yeah. And then we went and got IUDs together. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're, you guys are you're in it. You can't are you still friends? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, when you can be so open with somebody, I think that, that also is very helpful when you feel so comfortable in the space with them. There's just a connection. I just yeah. feel like there is ultimately when it comes down to it, a fucking like connection energy wise. You're just vibing and you feel super comfortable and at ease. And then I think you'll just continue to want that around yeah. or and like feed that. Um, Cause it is true. Like spending one-on-one -on -one time with people, like, you know, like if you have a partner, especially, and then you're like, okay, who else, you know what I mean? Like who else am I going to spend my time with? And then also choose to spend time with myself. Yeah. Where's all this time? You know, <laughs> there was, um, there's a woman who I'm close friends with now who I feel like she was really good at, um, at being that instigator of our mm -hmm. relationship mm -hmm. and during COVID, like mm -hmm. who makes a friend during COVID. Mm -hmm. And it was so awesome that she like, you know, we were acquaintances and then early in COVID, she was like, Hey, do you want to start doing like a weekly zoom, like have a cocktail every mm -hmm. Friday over mm -hmm. zoom. Mm -hmm. And that is such a great way yeah. to solidify things. And like, what a great opportunity. No one's doing shit. And yeah. And now we're great friends. Mm -hmm. I love awesome. that. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm also sort of just finding myself thinking about like, there's just like seasons to people coming in and out of your life. And mm -hmm. then, that is okay. Yeah. So like, again, like thinking of this friend of, that I have in mind from grad school, like it was such an important, intense, really cool friendship. And then my needs changed and hers did too. Yeah. We still like each other, but like the need for the level of emotional intensity and like needing to be around each other just shifted because life circumstances mm -hmm. shifted. Um, and I think that's so true for a lot of normal. people. Yeah, yeah. not totally normal. Because there's a lot of people that I have been in and out, you know, yeah. in my life and, or friendship. But there's very few where there's some, like, very few that something happened that I'm like, oh, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. just kind of, we just kind of go through, go and live. I don't fucking know. Like, we just go. <laughs> and we may meet again or orbit around each other. And who knows when that will happen again. But, yeah, I mean, there's no ill you know, feelings involved when yeah. it comes to a lot of the people that are no longer like immediately in my friend group, you know, it feels like dating just without the sexual attraction. Like it just as someone that's dated a lot and like has been in and out of lots of different friendships. It does kind of have, I think if you approach it with that same energy mm -hmm. of like, there's an oh. intense connection right now, <laughs> this is awesome. And hope it continues but it might not and that's okay like there's I think there's more in common with dating than there is not I think like so I think there's a lot of attraction that plays into friendship yeah oh for sure there's something that's motivating that there's yeah. some sort of energy that's motivating it yeah. yeah and I was never like a serial dater I mean I was in my teens but I've been with somebody for 17 years so anytime yeah. I meet somebody I'm like we're fucking bonded for life <laughs> 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 we have a deep soul connection that's <laughs> So then what happens when, like, what happens for you when there is that, like, intense feeling at first, and then it, like, and then it shifts? Like, then do I you feel betrayed? Feelings hurt yeah. <laughs> really easily. Yeah. But I, that's my own expectations that I put on people, you know, because I do, like, you know, if you're not easy, one to, like, really open up to people, you know what I mean? And then you, like, feel this deep connection because you do open up, and then you're like, oh, shit, 
You know what I mean? So I guess it can be with like, yeah, compared to dating or, you know, being with somebody that you're like, oh my gosh, I fucking really like them. And then you're like, wait, what? I thought you liked me too. You know, and just like, damn it. Yeah. Like, fuck you already. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do you guys take time periodically to think about like, what is missing in my life right now and what friend needs do I have and like strategically try to fill those holes? Sometimes. I mean, sometimes I think about my friends or like the, the nature of the friendships and like, what are we really doing here? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and what do I need? But I've been doing that just later on in life. Like I didn't ever pay attention really to that. I do, but I haven't always I would say I got really intentional about wanting to have meaningful friendships and invest as much in friendships as I did, as much energy invested in friendships as I was investing in finding romantic partnership. Beginning in 2019, when I went through a really bad breakup where this person who I had made my whole world left. And I did have friends. I mean, my friend, I would say my friendship with Raina like blossomed yeah. in that person's leaving. But I feel like up to that point, my drive had been truly like romantic partnership. And what I didn't understand is like one person's not enough people. You're taking friends that do exist in your life for granted. So that moment in time just really like brought home to me, like you have not been intentional in cultivating this and now you need to be. And these days I don't feel like I, ta I, I, I haven't done like a taking stock, um, recently because it's become like natural to me to invest to spend time investing in my friendships reaching out to people inviting thing people to things i do a lot of like texting just to check in or sending a marco polo the same level of energy and intensity that i put into staying connected to my boyfriend i put into staying connected to my to my friends yeah um, but that was the lesson i really like apparently needed to have like feel like stripped down to the studs to rebuild a life um, yeah. to learn. Yeah. What, what about you? I mean, I, I, I think like traditionally people were supposed to get all of their needs met with just their romantic partner. Mm -hmm. And when you think about how much satisfaction you can get in all these different facets of your life from all of these different relationships that, can bring so much joy and satisfaction and creativity and stimulation, um, then I would like to think that it puts less pressure on your partner to be everything yes. to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I haven't I tested so. this theory. <laughs> By the way, I'm single, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Anna is single. Do any uh, really charming, creative men listen to this? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all... Ladies and well, and I don't know. There may be. There may awesome. Be. I love you, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that me, me being in a long-term relationship, um, that's how I've all. I think that's why we have been together for so long is because we didn't make each other our whole lives. You know, we lived side by side for a very long. I mean, we still continue to live side by side, did our own individual thing, grew as individuals, and then. No, you know, now working on a relationship kind of thing, but we always, like, I never made him my world or he never made me his world. You know, it's important that we had our own time, our own friends, our own, you know, time away and things like that. And it's worked for 17 years. And I think that's a healthy way to, you know, so there isn't that codependency factor that you expect them to fulfill 
everything. So yeah, I feel very independent and you know, but, and then there is no, he never like allows me to do things, you know, but I mean, you just don't, I don't feel pressure that I can't like go out with my friends, you know, like you see all that, those memes all the time, you know, it's just because your relationships with your friends probably make you a better partner. Yeah. Him. yeah. yeah. And like, like just like you're going out and dragging something back to the cave, right? Like, you're bringing excitement back into your relationship and influx of new ideas. Yeah. And then, so speaking of like, you know, we were going to talk about blending our like friend groups, you know what I mean? Like there are times where he hasn't met some of my friends or I haven't met some, you know, we have to meet each other and it can get a little uncomfortable sometimes or whatnot. But I mean, for the most part, I trust that, you know, I think we all have some sort of sense of, I don't know. We're all kind of the same or in a way, you know? Yeah. That's actually something I was really excited to talk to the two of you about, like the process of blending friend groups. Um, because it's something that you do really well. And like, I'm thinking about a party I went to at your house, um, last summer where it was like your friend, like your, you and your friend from high school were going to your high school reunion the next day. So it was her and her partner it was me and like the gals that I'm friends with that like we know who we know each other through. Those other like really cool women that you like brought in, your friend doing like a beer sampling. It was just like this like conglomeration of, of different people who didn't know each other. There was a lot happening. And what <laughs> I, there was a lot happening. And what I noticed that night, like I had I had a really great time because you throw a great party, but I also was just noticing like, wow, Anne is so at ease with this happening and (laughs) when I when I like bring groups of friends together who don't know each other I'm always really like nervous seeing or really like buzzing with energy about like make make sure that everybody's having fun what if that person doesn't like that like I don't it's like this is something I am just continually working on as a recovering codependent but it's almost (laughs) like I just don't trust the adults in the room to be adults and like entertain themselves and have a good time so it's a high stress situation for me but you do it so naturally and then as a result like like at that party I met like a couple people I really clicked with like we're connected on Instagram now I'm looking forward to the next time I see them you just created this opportunity for friendship to happen awesome you do it with it seemingly such ease but I'm curious like what are, tell me your secrets. Oh, what are, what are they? You... Uh, being totally aloof. I didn't even know that I should be nervous about this. So um, I guess I assume, like, let's say, okay, I'm going to invite Megan to this thing. I already know that you know our mutual friend, Andrea, and she's going to be there. And yeah. there are people that are, like, at least peripherally involved with Andrea. Um, so I kind of think, like, if I were to meet someone at the grocery store and be like, oh, come to my house party tonight, then <laughs> I know that that person, I would need to pair them with a buddy. And I would probably like beforehand be like, tell my sister, cause she's excellent and will do anything I asked her to I'll be like, Hey, I met this person at the grocery store. Can you just like make sure to get her into the group? Like you guys both like chickens mm-hmm. or like give them like yeah. a starting point and like, okay, go, mm-hmm. you're good to go. Um, but mostly it's people that already kind of know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I also try to have like different environments set up and, and activities or something. So, um, so don't worry too much. Yeah. You just it. trust people to be grown ups instead of trying <laughs> to caretake everybody's needs. Are you having fun? I'm 
making sure everyone's having fun. I also like rely on like shaming my friends if they're bad at socializing. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so if you have bad social skills and aren't like an outstanding host to these other, this person I met at the grocery store, like you aren't coming back here. Mm-hmm. So I have high expectations of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're as good as a company you keep. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, it's the same. Like if I was throwing something, yeah, I mean, I would, and I have threw parties in the past and whatever. I mean, I think I just get drunk and whatever. People just are yeah. people. And I'm hoping, I just have a lot of alcohol. True. <laughs> so like, um, I'm not really good at like fast making sure like fostering friendships or whatever but I am good at like having a good time yeah. <laughs> so. but I guess one way to think about it is like if your friend if I if you're friends with my friend then you're a pre-vetted person because yeah. like my friend has mm-hmm. good taste yeah. like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna put you in a weird Rana has position. good taste in people so that means that like everybody here is just like automatically vetted yeah I need to just get over it a couple of weeks ago, I was invited to something where I was like the odd person out who didn't really know anyone mm-hmm. in the group. And I was kind of surprised that like I was working so hard to try to be included. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, like I met, you know, I memorized everyone's names and I like ask questions I'm like, oh, what do you do? And then just like nothing, like nothing. Yes, that's the worst. Yeah, and that, that was sucks. just kind of weird and I'd like to think it's not the norm. Yeah, I don't think it's the norm. But I mean that's when you know pretty quickly you're like, okay, okay. moving on. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. you can tell pretty quickly when people are just not engaging and you're just like, okay. <laughs> so I can count on my friends to not do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. And that's why I'm not nervous about fusing friend groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If yeah. any of my friends are listening, I'm watching you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be that asshole. That's funny. <laughs> well, what else do we think? You know, we want to also talk about like the work of maintaining long-term friendships. But mm-hmm. are there any other like what else do we think is important to just throw out there about like the labor of making friends in your 30s and 40s that maybe we haven't touched on? And yeah, um, oh, there's so many directions this could go, and I I feel like in in recent years, I have been like really strategically trying to bring in creative women into my circle, and it's it's been a series of heartbreaks. So, <laughs> what's happened? Um, Who hurt you? I know. <laughs> what's I need their name, their phone number, yeah. and the make of their car, first <laughs> name, license plate number. Who hurt you? I'll, I'll take care. Of yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I have like tried to break into like the Portland cool girl artsy crowd mm-hmm. and they're too freaking cool for school. Um so, you know, oh, I guess I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Well, maybe it's just maybe there's something to say to like notice when you're like trying to break into something and the energy doesn't match and just knowing like that's okay, I'll find an energy match someplace else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know there was like an artsy cool girl group. <laughs> yeah. So, and they, maybe they don't know that they are oh. cool girls. Yeah, either they probably also all think they have no friends because I do. I hear this a lot mm-hmm. from clients, especially like in my therapy practice. I will like one of the number one things I hear from women in particular, but also the men I work with is I just, I have no friends because mm-hmm. we'll have, you know, doing trauma work with people. And part of 
the work is making sure that people have like meaningful connections to others and like people that they can just go out and have a good time with that support system. And I will hear, I hear so often I have no friends and for some people that's true. And then for a lot of people, what they're really saying is I am worried that if I show too much emotion, I'll be too much for my friends and they will not want to show up for me or I'll overwhelm them. So it's safer for me to just feel like I have no friends. It makes me, as someone that doesn't ever say that, like I'm, I, I always say like, I have so many friends. And so, but it, it wasn't always that way. So I like sort of get where they're coming from, but that's just that refrain of, I have no friends is something I hear so much. It breaks my heart. And then I'm also like, I never want to be the therapist that's like, well, why don't you like join a hiking group? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, it, you know, it's just, I think that if you're listening to this and you have that feeling of like lack of friendship, it, I'm going to guess it's not true. And it's also like a really normal feeling to have. Yeah. It's really hard to make friends. Yeah. And it, I feel like it just is, sometimes it's just divine timing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like not putting so much pressure on making sure you have, X amount of people in your life, you know, um, and counting the, I mean, I'm guilty of like counting (laughs) my friends sometimes like, Oh, but those are like the smaller, the circle, like the deeper, the fucking, whatever the saying is, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's deeper connections and not so like scattered, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's like, who's telling us these rules anyway? (laughs) It's not high school. No one needs to let, you're not, we're not trying to win most popular in a yearbook. We're just trying to have people we like connect with. Yeah. I have kind of observed that, that men in our age group, like go out, they do more, like Mm -hmm. they're more show up-y at things. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if some of it is like parties at night, women are like, oh, I might have to put on makeup for this. Like, I'm wearing sweats. And guys are like, I don't care. I just, like, came from the gym. Mm-hmm. And, like, if I send a shout-out to my friends of, like, who wants to go to this random dance party in the park? Like, the guys will say yes, hmm. but the girls are more likely to be like, oh, I just kind of want to, like, watch the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Well, text me next time because I want to go to a dance party <laughs> in the park so bad. <laughs> I think I am. I am the yes friend. Like most of the time, my answer is yes. I didn't know that. Okay. Most of the time. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm so tired and I haven't showered. But most of the time I'm like, yeah, okay. Let's do it. Let's yeah. go. You're like, yes, but I'm going to be smelly. I'm going to be, I know, I do. I <laughs> told that uh, a couple nights ago, Raina was texting me about something. I was like, well, do you want to just come over? Like, come over. I smell terrible because I haven't showered. The house is a mess. Um, but you're welcome to come over if you need to. Like, yeah. I'm the, like, I'm the yes friend and the, like, come over. But just so you know, I'm, like, kind of smelly right now. Friend. <laughs> that is intimacy right there. <laughs> I love it. Well, so maybe that's a good point to navigate, to um, pivot into talking about, like, friendship maintenance and maintaining friendships over time, especially, like, friendships from earlier in life, like sort of navigating the ins and outs of like how much we all change, like friends that you made in your twenties, are they still around? Did they, did you grow together or are you only friends because you've known each other so long? I think that's a question that people our age confront a lot too, Yeah, where it's like, I have these friends, but then when you get together with them, you're only talking about remember when, 
Oh, okay. You know, okay. instead of anything that's like relevant or happening in your life right now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I guess, I guess I don't, well, okay. There, I have one friend who's like a remember when friend. Yeah. And the things that are coming to mind, um, with maintaining friendships are we've had a couple big, a couple big hurdles to navigate in the last few years, obviously COVID. Mm -hmm. And then, um, my friends are having babies mm -hmm. and <laughs> ours too. Yeah. It's rude. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. We love your babies. <laughs> yeah. But that's a disconnect though. It's, it's a big opportunity for, um, renegotiating what that relationship looks totally. like yeah. mm -hmm. and there are some relationships that didn't make the cut because of COVID or because of trying to figure out what a relationship looked like in a, you know, when they're a parent and I'm not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially as new, new parents or, you know, something like if it's a second kid and you're already friends and whatever, you know what I mean? But it's hard when you're like, where do I fit now? Or, yeah. you know, like I have needs too, <laughs> you know, and like, then you, there's a lot of compromising that you have to, yeah. to go through that you didn't, you know, choose into, or, you know, nobody asked you if they could have their, a baby. <laughs> so would you two say that you have close, like best friends who have children and you've survived, like your relationship is just as good with them after they have their kids? Yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, truly, uh, my, my only one, my bestie is my sister. So yeah. cool. I don't really have any other friend friends that have children. So yeah, I don't think so. I do. <laughs> my friend Alexis and my friend Susan, both of them are in Arizona. Um, I met both of them in like 2006. They were, they started out as nighttime friends, but now I know their first, middle, and last names. <laughs> and they became, they quickly became daytime friends. But um, I'm still, I've maintained closeness with both of them over the years. And they're both mothers. They both have, one of them has three children, one of them has two. Um, but there's a continued investment in the friendship on both parts yeah. and like I also like understand that they have kids so you know when I'm in town I'm like hey can I just come to your house let's hang out but yeah. I think it's also uh the work of learning how to maintain long distance friendships which I've had to do a lot because um most of my closest friends live in other states and so I've gotten really good at like how to ma ha maintaining a friendship across like space and time yeah so but with these two the fact that they have kids actually like just adds to their friendship because their kids are so cool. And it's also not the centerpiece. Like I talk to both of them every day via text and Marco Polo. And then like on the phone, not a ton, but a fair bit. Yeah. The kids aren't the centerpiece. It's one aspect of their personality. Yeah. It's not like every part of them. So I think that just like speaks to who they are as people and probably why we vibe. Yeah. But I do have other friends that had kids, and we absolutely drifted apart. Yeah. It's just these two women, I think, are maybe just special. Yeah. Just, like, special humans, because well, I've definitely experienced the, like, sorry, I can't hang out. It takes an act of Congress for me to get childcare. I'm like, that's okay. I'll come to you. And then there's no response. And those, those parent friends just kind of faded away. And I wonder, in some of those situations, yeah. if those people actually wanted friends who were parents. I think that's fair because I can't share that experience, right? Like we can't, sh I, 
parenthood looks so fucking hard and not, none of the three of us can relate to that. Yeah. So it's fair if people that have kids gravitate toward other people that have kids because they need that shared experience. But yeah. it's a bummer when it happens. It is. And, well, I wonder, well, we won't even go there, but... <laughs> No, I wouldn't go there, Rena. No, I was just wondering because no, because of the two women that you did continue to be friends with, because you are you're already used to a long used to a long distance relationship, so it's not like you know you can plan or whatever. But when you're used to hanging out with somebody all the time, and then things just fucking change, and they're not available to you physically like they used to be, or you know even on the phone or whatever, you know what I mean? It it can change it changes things you know and you're um yeah I mean it it did for me for a while you know I was just like fuck (laughs) you know like you just kind of feel left out or like it's it's hard not to feel kind of left out or left behind or where do I fit in now and is this you know how are we going to do this but it has to be talked about and and both people do have to put in the effort you know yes you have a kid and yeah, if we're going to be friends, like, we need to figure this out kind of thing. Because yeah. I have needs, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the relationships in my life, I, some of my best friends have kids, I would say, like, it's, like, half and half. Mm-hmm. And the relationships that have stayed really strong are people who, um, having kids is a part of their life, but exactly. it's not their entire life. Yeah. yeah. And they, you know, they invite me to their kids' parties, and, like, they share with me, but they we also bond on other things outside Mm -hmm. and um and also I think like when they're a pretty chill parent like they're not super stressing about about you know me being around their kids or like if they're boring me and they tell me their kids stories and like maybe there's a certain level of maturity yeah there yeah um so then it feels really comfortable yeah yeah I think there's it's not so what it sounds like the thread there is like your values are still aligned. Yeah. Like your needs are still aligned mm-hmm. and you're still able to like feed that friendship over time, even with navigating life's changes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, that's the yeah. juice. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of, I, I think about this stuff a lot because you know, my, one of my best friends had kids and that made the relationships challenging. Obviously this, this has come up a lot in recent years and a couple times I heard, um, friends say like well you just wouldn't understand because you don't have kids or you wouldn't understand because you don't have a partner and that that one hurts yeah it's really hurtful but I also just want to say like well fucking try me like Mm -hmm. do you have a corner on the life experiences of joy and love and shame and fear and terror and Mm -hmm all of these emotions, mm-hmm. I want to hear about it because I can relate to those things too. Mm-hmm. And we don't share those exact life experiences that you're having, but I would still like to try. Yeah. Like involve me, please. Yeah. Like, like don't just like dismiss me because yeah. I'm not, a, I have a child or I don't have a partner or whatever, you know, you're still like a human being, you know, and just like feel feelings and you can relate in so many ways with people if they allow that connection, you know? So, and I understand if I don't have as much value to them because they really are seeking someone who has had that exact same experience. Nobody's going to have that exact experience. Right. 
Yeah. Like where's, where's the level? Like our lives are different. We aren't going to have the exact same experience with everyone we interact with. Mm -hmm. But, um, I wish, I wish more people were able to see that because I adore when my friends do let me in Mm -hmm. on the experiences they're having with their kids and like the crazy things that they, they witness Mm -hmm. and the weird things kids say. I think it's great. It's delightful. Yeah. I mean, I, I have been on the, on that side too, where I wouldn't understand because, or they can't feel like they can talk to me or confide in me because why would I want to hear this? And I'm just like, what? Like, because I love you and we're friends and I want to be a part of this too. And you did this really insane thing of bringing a human into the world. Yeah. And I am actually curious what that's like. Yeah. And what a strange thing to do. Yeah. These are all important, like topics because there is life changes that happen yeah and and marriage and kids and a lot other events definitely can change the game I think you, know? you just have to be able to talk about it with people yeah. like I have friends um some of my some of my closest friends we've had for like going on 20 years I treat the friendship as if it is a life partnership it's a non-sexual, non-romantic life partnership, if that makes sense. Like, I know that we're just in it for the long haul, which is really nice. Um, but it takes effort. And I think that in a world where we're, like, all really exhausted a lot, yeah. that it can be hard to, like, want to put that effort in. And then it also takes the ability to respect each other's changing boundaries, which is something I'm really curious mm-hmm. to talk to you two about. Yeah. And it takes the ability to like mend rupture, like repair rupture in the relationships yeah. as they occur. Because with everybody who I'm thinking about, like the long haulers, with the exception of one person, there's been a rupture at some point in the relationship that's yeah. needed to be repaired. And there have been boundaries that have needed to be renegotiated Mm -hmm. and even Rena and I like one what I love about our friendship is like if we're mad we tell each other Mm -hmm. and it's like intense and it's like (laughs) oh my god but I love you like but it's helped like I believe that our friendship will span years Mm -hmm. because we don't let shit slide we talk about it and like express like her feelings then we apologize we repair the rupture yeah and I if I'm thinking I think about almost every one of my friendships that's like secure. There's been a, there's been a big fight. One person I didn't talk to for four years. And then it was like this really powerful repair. And it, it takes a commitment to that, that I think usually we're only again, willing to commit to romantic partners. But I'm just curious, like your, your two thoughts on what it feels like to like put boundaries in place in friendships, to renegotiate boundaries in friendships that have existed for a long time and to like engage in rupture and repair in a friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to be a really good relationship mm-hmm. to put in that work. Yeah. And there are some that when a rupture occurred, I was like, you know what? That relationship was not giving me a lot of satisfaction for a long time. Mm-hmm. So when a rupture occurred, I, I walked away. It was like the wake up call. Yeah. Like, what am I like? Why do I keep going to brunch with you? Yeah. Why are we yeah. doing this? Yeah. You don't like. Yeah, I have, I have, I have, <laughs> I've 
well, that's a biggie. <laughs> yeah, I've had those too. Like, I do. I think that that can be like. There's definitely people that have been walked away from, but that's really interesting. Where it's like, yeah, like okay, like there's a rupture. It's like I actually don't like you. Thanks for letting me off the hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the ones that I make up in my fucking head a lot. You know, mm-hmm. like I just I am one of those people. Um, I think it's just because my past and my story and everything that it definitely you know like conditioned me in a way where I don't I'm very quick to just like shut down or like fine fine I don't fucking need you anyway bye you know what I mean and then or just like make things up in my head like you fucking you fucking hate me or you you know you did this on purpose or take everything so personal and I'm learning not to do that and I'm learning that things don't have to be so rigid um like yeah like giving each other grace um for everything or just allowing that free flowing of things and even when you say like the the lifelong like relationships or whatever I'm all, I'm already like sweating I'm just like oh yeah because I don't like see things in that like far like I don't even commit to like my partner in that way you know I can be with you for the rest of my life you know what I mean like I can't see that um which I'm working on like I will like I want to be here for the rest of my I want to be with you but I don't know so I am working on like allowing myself to that space or just relaxing into this friendship that they're not going anywhere. You're okay. You know what I mean? Um, you can work this out. You know, like I had a conversation with a friend today that I was just like, she did something that hurt my feelings and she didn't know that. And I told her that and we had like a little <laughs> spat about it. You know, because I immediately was like, do I even matter to you? You know what I mean? It's like, of course you fucking matter to me. I was like, well, like, you know, because I immediately jumped to like the worst, you know, thing. And so I'm learning to like, yes, I have my boundaries. And are they like, is this real? You know, this is what really is going on real. Like it's a, such an important thing to like talk to the to the other person and find out. Because they may not even know what they did. You know what I mean? So what was it like to have the experience of, like, your feelings were really hurt by something? Yeah. And and, and then you told her. Mm-hmm. And then you guys talked about it. Like, what was it like to have that experience? Yeah, I mean, it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, it, yes, it was through text. and that, But it was just, it was very uncomfortable. And we both, we both do, like, a little shutdown and get kind of defensive, you know? So, but we both like push through it and which is helpful. Like you need, I think it needs to be somebody or both like to like want to have that repair. And then by the end, it was just like, thank you so much for talking through this with me. You know what I mean? Because, because if they don't know that they did something and then you're immediately like, we're not friends anymore. Like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like how hurtful is that? You know? So I'm learning that I can be very hurtful to people too. If I respond in a way that I'm just used to doing to protect myself, but I just think we need to, like, that's such a beautiful example. I'm curious to hear your experiences with, like, boundaries and ruptures and repairs, but I think the example that you just gave, Raina, is something that we really need to normalize in friendship Mm -hmm. because we're taught to hang in there with a romantic partner, right? Like, we're taught to do that with people we're dating, Mm -hmm. Because we're taught that the end goal is a romantic relationship. Fine, that is a goal. I think that, like, it's just, it's such a beautiful example of, like, the relational dance in any relationship that has emotional intimacy. And we have got to normalize 
doing what you and your friend did today for everybody with their friends. Yeah. I think. Like that's a beautiful story. Well, because yeah, it was, well, it was really fresh because I yeah. was just like, I just want to be open and honest and be transparent with my friends on yes. how I'm feeling because I haven't done that for like the majority of my life. You know what I mean? So like just to say it and then however it's received or whatever, then we can talk through it. But I don't want to continue to carry or harbor these feelings that are just made a made up story in my head, possibly, you know what I mean? Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then just like, they have no fucking idea. And yeah. I'm like, already, I'm already done. You know, and they're like, wait, what? It's <laughs> a lot of maturity to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would like to feel more comfortable having those conversations. Yeah. It's, what do you think stops you? Um, I think, um, on one hand, not being sure if the relationship is worth making it through those conversations. And if I peel back the like, Hey, that thing that you said really hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a fear that fundamentally we won't come to a common ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So sometimes I'm reluctant to even go there. Yeah. Well, that's so important in telling of friendships that you, you know, cause it was met with some defensiveness at first, you know, but we talked it out, but you know, and like, I didn't mean to do that or I, you know, I've been nothing but good to you. And you know what I mean? I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just saying you fucking hurt my feelings. You know what I mean? Like, so even if it was intentional or non-intentional, like whatever, you know, like, um, the response from your friend should be, oh my gosh, you know, like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Like, can we talk about this? Or well, It's so funny that in romantic relationships, you know, we, we constantly have opportunities to have conflict with a partner, even on a small scale. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, like, I would really appreciate if you did X, Y, Z. But how often do we do that in our friendship yeah. relationships? Probably yeah, not enough. enough. Yeah, not enough. Not very much. I've been trying to practice it more and more as I've been going through therapy and just like really trying to like focus on what do I need? You know what I mean? Yeah. But then what, so it's important to like figure that out, what you need from that person, whoever that person is. And then I'm really just big at just communicating. Um, I'm trying to be big at communicating communicating my feelings or if they were hurt in any sort of way because I don't want to continue to be angry or upset or sad you know just like I want to like talk it out or yeah if it's worth it you know what I mean which yeah. to me a lot it is worth it because I just have to say how I feel well and it's worth it for your own development as a person and your own self-awareness and growth yeah yeah like why should we walk around and be like that hurt me yeah yeah, but they don't have any idea that they did that. So they'll, yeah. they may continue the, this behavior or whatever, and you'll continue to be hurt or just like leave that friendship, not knowing that it could have been repaired. You know, if this is a rupture that broke it, but if they had no idea, like give them the opportunity to have this discussion or whatnot. If so. Yeah. 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 I mean, like the only, the only way that we like fully heal attachment wounds is in relationship with other people. Mm. And so that can be done in friendships and in romantic partnerships. If your whole family goes to therapy, maybe it can be done in family, but truly like the way we unburden ourselves from the wounds that our families of origin provide us 
is in relationship with others. It's like a key thing. And so I think of all relationships as like practice for that unburdening and practice for like, here's, here are my boundaries. What are yours? Here's my energy. Can you meet me here? This hurt me. I'm letting you know. Can you like meet me in that hurt? Yeah. I've noticed a shift in energy. Now I've made up a whole story about it. Yeah. Is it's this true. Like, and, and I recognize that's I not that fair to time. you. So I'm checking like this, like I've noticed the shift. What's going on? The stories I'm making up are probably not true, but I need to check. Like just developing the vocabulary and the bit of courage that it takes to do that. It, when you get there, it's so powerful because you start to realize like, oh, like not everyone is my parents. Not everyone is the person who hurt me. Like people will, people will meet you in the messiness of it, but it's a level of like open communication and vulnerability and intensity Mm -hmm. that is like a strange thing to learn how to do in your thirties and forties. And that's not what our, to back to your point at the start, like that's not what our relationships in our twenties are built on. So like, as a result, we all enter our thirties and our forties as basically like giant children with access to alcohol and a lot of hurt feelings. And we're like, I kind of think you spend your thirties and forties, like really learning how to navigate those attachment wounds through friendships and relationships. And our generation was not taught this shit. No. No. And kids today are learning in school how to relate to people. I know. And they have all these memes and I'm like, you know, like, like just like the whole Instagram feed of, and just, if you like, if you look at my fucking search history, like search, you know, that comes up, <laughs> yes. it's all fucking just like self-help shit. I'm like, yeah. like I never had that shit when I was younger or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just like, it's so accessible now that it's like, oh, it makes, you can only become aware of it, right? Like how you're behaving. have boundaries. Yeah. Because they see that. They see it being written somewhere, TikTok about it. You know what I mean? Like we never got any of that like shit. 35. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. 35 was, like, the age for me that I started, like, really figuring this out. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's I'm only, like, hard. three years in. Something that I – well, I learned a lot of things during COVID. It was, it was a big COVID learning time for me. Um, but on one hand, boundaries, and on the other hand, not over-explaining. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a boundary in and of itself. I want to hear about that. Well, like, it's a trauma response, right? Yeah, like, explain well, I want to hear what you mean by overexplaining. Okay, so I think in terms of COVID, um, COVID was really challenging for me um, because I felt really easily hurt when people rejected me, mm-hmm. when I was like, hey, do you want to go for a walk? And then they were like, no, because of the, you know, the Delta variant and and I just, I'm not comfortable and you were traveling recently and I don't mm. want to be within six feet of you. And then they like back up and, and then I feel dirty and like, yeah, yucky mm-hmm. and shame, ashamed. And, and that for me, that has hurt relationships because I wasn't comfortable being like, oh, that's hurting me. <sighs> yeah. But also they're over explaining. Like they could just be like, oh no, no, no thanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I'm busy. Sorry. Yeah. So for you, it sounds to me like your boundary is like just being like, you don't need all the extra information. No. You know? And like, I took that cause I am a like over. <laughs> so something I've been working on is like the idea that no is a complete sentence that if I, if I can't do something or I just don't want to do something, I can, I can just say something like, thank you so much for thinking of me. 
I'm not able to make it this Perfect. time. Love it. Please think of me next time. Yeah. Instead and of like you're instead a, of giving you're a dirty, whole, dirty, yeah. super spreader. <laughs> exactly. Or instead, <laughs> of, I don't want to go to your party because you're a dirty, dirty girl. I'm like, trying to give everyone COVID because you want to kill everybody. <laughs> well, you know, we're all vaccinated and following rules. We won't get into that. But you know, for me, because I always feel like I used to always feel like I had to give friends like the whole explanation. Like I had 20 clients this week and five of them had suicidal ideation and I'm like just really exhausted and I'm like arguing with my boyfriend. Like the, I don't actually need to do that. Yeah. And my actual friends understand what I'm like, yeah, thanks for thinking of me. I'd love to do that. I don't have the energy. Um, please think of me next time. Like yeah. that's enough, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. Whew. Anything else on just navigate, maintaining current friendships and how tricky it is. Anne was sharing before we started that you got words of wisdom from a friend of yours who's in his 80s, which I'm like, I'm fascinated by that. Yeah. I mean, are there, are, you know, another thing about friends, like, yeah. are there like age restrictions or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Cause like, can I be friends with somebody in their twenties? You know, cause I do have friends yeah. that are like a decade younger oh, yeah. than me. I'm a good friend who's 24. It's fine. Yeah. But then like in my head, like people, you know, you just make up shit. You know what I mean? Like who makes these fucking rolls up anyway? But so you have a friend. Who, I have a friend who is 83, maybe he's turning 84 mm -hmm. soon. His name is Maynard, and he's one of my besties. Um, I think that his favorite thing about me is that I'm not gonna die. <laughs> because he like he kind of jokes about it, but he's like, all my friends die. Like yeah. I go to so many funerals. That's yeah, the only I'm thing sure. I get invited to anymore yeah. is funerals. All the time, it's so depressing. So um, Maynard and I go out to dinner. We've been hanging out for like I don't know six years. How did you meet? We met on a sidewalk. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> talking about jazz. And then he was like, hey, I want to help you with your job search. So that kind of like kicked it off. And mm -hmm. then we started talking more often after that and like going out to eat and stuff. Um, so I like to bring like big questions to him because he's been through a lot more mm -hmm. than me. And at one point I was like, Maynard, like how do you decide what friendships to prioritize? I there are a lot of people in my life, like, and I don't know which ones are deserving of my time. And I hate saying no to people that I can't do all these like one-on-one -on -one get togethers. And he told me something and it's like so brutal that I think only, only an old person with a lot of wisdom could say this, but like, <laughs> take a piece of paper and draw a line horizontally down the center of the paper and above the line, put the relationships in your life that add value and bring you energy and below the line put the relationships that make you a worse person or deplete you. Mm. And he said, you know, don't, don't eliminate the people below the line. Like I'm not saying walk away from those relationships. I'm saying be thoughtful mm -hmm. about those ones mm -hmm. and don't go seeking those people or really, you know, invest the energy in the people above the line. Yeah. So I literally did that exercise mm -hmm. years ago. Uh huh. And how'd that work out for you? Um, it, it brought me a lot of clarity mm -hmm. and the people fall below the line after that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are definitely a lot of, a lot of relationships in my life where I'm like, wow, that's, you know, this is like a really exhausting person or, um, they're, they're only coming to me with their challenges. Like they're not calling me when, when they got a promotion or they, 
or having a good oh, day. Mm-hmm. Like they're only calling me when they get dumped or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I, I have gotten more clear on those ones and those are, are more of like acquaintanceships. They're not mm-hmm. one-on-one get together because mm-hmm. I only have so much time in my life. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think it's so, I love that advice Maynard, you know, just yeah. like focusing your energy or putting energy into the relationships that you get that you feel good about, you yeah. know what I mean? And it doesn't mean you have to eliminate people out of your life, you know, but they're there. They'll be around, but you don't have to put energy into that or focus on whatever. You know, people can only meet you, you know, as far as they can meet, what is the saying? Meet themselves or whatever, you know what I mean? Like something like that. You know, like I've just been learning like the expectations that I have of, of people. I just really need to just like chill the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like they are not, they weren't my parents, you know what I mean? That didn't show up for me, you know? So I'm just like, stop it. (laughs) People have things going on in their life. You don't have to take everything so fucking personal. And that's really helped me a lot, you know, because just giving a lot of people so much grace and, you know, there's a lot of shit going on, you know, in people's lives that we don't know about. And I'm like, okay, like, okay, <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to take it personal. It's not about, it's not all about me, <laughs> you know, but it's hard. It's a, it is a, sometimes it can get like a tra- trauma response, you know, yeah. from an old wound, like when you get rejected or whatever, like you immediately just like, <laughs> you know, um, but if like, I don't know, just giving more people some grace, I guess. Yeah. I love that. And I also, I like the idea, what I like about Maynard's line is that it doesn't require a cutoff. Of course, there are people that, like, if they're, like, actively harmful or toxic to you in some way, like, they gotta go. Oh, my God, I thought he was gonna say but, that. Rip and then rip it in half and burn the people <laughs> below the line. Um, but what I, love, what I like about that, him, like, holding that, like, dialectic thinking is it's not saying, like, 86 the people below the line. It's just, like, understand where they fit in your life, understand where the energy is at. Like those are like, those are nighttime friends. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> nighttime friends. They come to your party, but you're not going to like go out for lunch to just like gab and gossip and have a good time. Yeah. Um, and there's also really some, like, I think a lot of like people that might wind up below the line, at least for me are people that only come, know I'm a therapist and come to me with their problems, but aren't there for mine. And I do like, it's gotten less because I've gotten like better boundaries about it. And I just have less time for people. Like I'm so in it with my friends. Like you got a problem. I'm in it with you. And I gotta know that you're going to be in it with me when it's like, when it's my turn, when the shit hits the fan for me. And I also got to know that we can just like get drunk and like lip sync to the purple rain soundtrack, <laughs> yeah. you know, like just like watch Romeo yeah. and Juliet and yes. like fantasize about how much we love Leonardo DiCaprio. Like there has to be a balance and we all have those people that like only come when they're like you were saying, like they're not calling you to celebrate a promotion. They're calling to cry about a breakup. Yeah. And that's the friendship. It's, it's an energy suck and yeah. like below the line, nighttime friends below the line. Yeah. Friends. Yeah. Yeah, there are so many people that are just going to see what they can get out of other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vampires. Yeah. Emotional vampires. <laughs> well, I love Maynard's advice. You have to tell him thank you for us. Yes. Yeah, he's a good yes. one. 
Yes. Is there anything that we haven't caught in our thinking about friendship or that just felt like, ooh, I was really excited to talk about this and it didn't come up yet? I mean, I I did kind of want to bring up that media romanticizes idealized relationships and like I think that shows like Friends Mm -hmm. Sex in the City Sex in the City like they set us up for these unrealistic expectations where you have one friend group and they must satisfy all of your needs and you're going to be together forever and no one's needs change and no one moves away and no one gets married and moves far yeah 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 yeah, that's like, I think that is, it did give me maybe like an unrealistic expectation of what adult friendships would be like. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like, no one has politics at all. Yeah. Like that doesn't come into it. Now I'm trying to think about TV friendships that I admire. Like, I don't know. What is yeah. a realistic modern day relationship you know i really like the tv show working mom yeah i love that one and too. i did kind of like how they would drift away from each other at mm-hmm. times and they're like shit's too crazy i can't do it and like they even had like riffs in the relationships mm-hmm. and they talk for six months I'm like that's kind of realistic yeah, yeah. that happens yeah working moms i i, I do like that show well it's funny um it just shows like the different types of personalities too that you get um with friends and and they set their boundaries too and i don't know um i don't really know i can't think of any i'm thinking like like, i wanted to say like rachel and monica but you know yeah they don't have other girlfriends they don't if one of them did and they had phoebe but phoebe was she doesn't care that she's like the third wheel. That she's just the weird one. And can you yeah. imagine? And she had no like, she had no depth. <laughs> like, but can you like can you imagine if Phoebe was my favorite one? Am I, I know Rachel is mine. But can Rachel you can you imagine if Rachel had shown up and been like, this is my friend Raina. We work together. We're having so much fun together. Mm. I absolutely love her. The whole episode would be about Monica's weird, jealous, re- oh. possessive reactions. Yes. Totally. Yeah. And like, that's what we, I can't believe we're talking about friends in 2021, but like, but that's like the schema that because we were given. It's still a thing. Also, yeah. none of those people have siblings that they're close to. I mean, Monica and Ross. Monica and Ross in like a weird, emotionally incestuous way. But they don't, <laughs> but, they don't just like hang out with yeah. them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, we all hang out. We all have siblings. And yeah. yeah. I hang out with them, the them all the time. Yeah. 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 I think my favorite TV friendship I can think of right now is, like, David and Charlie from Schitt's Creek. <laughs> like, that's not really quite <laughs> yeah. fit. Yeah. They're, yeah, I can't think they're of super healthy representations. Like, yeah. Yeah, but there's just the two of them. They're very isolated. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he has a choice. Yeah. <laughs> Isolated in a small ass town, <laughs> but yeah, it's really hard to like. Don't base your friendships on whatever you see in the media or TV yeah. or movies because it's not. It's just, but it is interesting to think of because I think a lot about how media, TV, and movies gives us unhealthy expectations for romantic partnership. Oh, for but sure. I actually like it's. It's actually like kind of new to think about. Like, oh yeah, it also fucked us on our expectations for platonic friendships. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 And like the level of intimacy in our thirties with friendships. Yeah. That is not realistic in TV and movies. No. Yeah. All right. Well, any um, 
any final like pearls of wisdom any final thoughts i would say mine is like be honest with your friends about your needs communicate them and trust that they can meet you there and if they can't that tells you something yeah, yeah. but they will or they won't then you're yeah. not friends anymore <laughs> <laughs> but most likely they will my in, my experience has been people meet you where you are when you ask them to yes yeah i think i want to start um communicate with my friendship relationships the way that i do in my romantic relationships mm -hmm. and not overthink the conflicts and just yeah. be like hey that hurt my feelings mm -hmm. hey can we talk about xyz can you do this differently yeah. So I got a lot out of this today, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it is so important to let people know how they leave you feeling yeah. because they may not have any fucking idea and you carry this story and this angst and this anger in you and you're making it all up and then not even giving them the opportunity. So, um, so yeah, I, I am a big advocate of just saying, telling somebody if they've left you feeling hurt you're not like blaming anything you're just saying you left me feeling hurt by this you know um and that just creates only a, an opportunity to build the relationship stronger and just showing up for one another you know even more absolutely yeah. and sorry that made me think of one more thing doing that and also letting people know when when they did something that meant something to you like I've been working on um, letting my friends know, hey, it meant a lot to me when you did X, Y, Z. Oh, I love like that. I really appreciated the way that you checked in or I really appreciated that like meme you sent me. Like um, yeah. just because again, we do that in our romantic relationships. Right. And I just, I just think that like, that's where, like, that's where the juice is. Like that letting people know. the relationship mm -hmm. that builds the intimacy. Yeah. 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 Just not yeah. when people, when you've done something wrong or whatever, you right. just like, yeah, when they do something right too. I mean, when it's, when it's genuine, but like, you know, we all, I've had experiences where friends have done things for me that were really moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the past, I might've not said anything. And yeah. instead now I'm like much more intentional like that. It really moved me when you did that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Or like, I got really high at Burning Man and I just missed you so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about you the whole time. Yeah. I hate doing drugs without you. <laughs> let people know how you feel. That's the cord. Let people know how you feel. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's now let you know where to find us. So, Anne, yeah. where do you want people to find you? Where can people find you if they want to see the, your glorious charts? Yeah. Um, looking at the one you drew for um, tonight. Wherever you get your internet media, I am I am very online. I am proud to be the only Anne Parmeter who is living in the United States. <laughs> so nice. if you spell my name correctly, A-N-N-E-P-A-R-M-E-T-E-R, -E -E you will find me everywhere. Nice. Facebook, like YouTube, that. Instagram. <laughs> find her, y'all. You know what? Add me on LinkedIn. What? Let's, let's get weird with it, guys. <laughs> let's, let's be more friends. <laughs> and do find Anne. Her charts are aces. Her content is fun. She's got a fantastic sense of humor. Um, and Reyna, where can people find us? Well, they can find us on the gram as well at sh underscore don't talk about it pod. 
Um, that's where we are. That's our only social at that's this a, time. It is probably we are out of energy, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or find us on Instagram and nowhere else. <laughs> you want to look at our faces? Find us on the gram. Um, or if you have stories that you want to share with us, um, if you want to be a guest on our show, where can they send us? Um, you can email us at info at shdonttalk.com. Sh is S H H H three H's. Three H's. Yeah. Like sh. Don't talk, but we want you to talk. So send us emails with your stories, <laughs> thoughts, and episode ideas. We'd love to hear them. Yeah. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe. Mm -hmm. Share us with your friends, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. Thank you, Anne. Thanks, Anne. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.